Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. Born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, she moved to Paris in 2006. After hopping around Europe for a few years, she began to capture landscapes with her camera. I love following her French adventures on her blog, Falling Off Bicycles. My guest today is Julia Willard. So thanks so much for being here today, Julia. I'm so happy to have you on the show. And I've known you for quite some time now through mutual friends. And then when I had the online magazine, you actually were a big contributor, but we never met until like last year, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really yeah. fun to do this. It's nice to get off the internet and actually meet people in person. Absolutely. That's, that's and there's so many interesting people here to meet. So this Thanks. is fun. Yeah. And I wanted to jump in with my first question is, why did you choose the name Falling Off Bicycles? What's that about? This is a question I get a lot, of course. So, you know, I was living in Amsterdam at the time. Um, this was back in 2010 or 11. I actually, of course, was getting around by bike. I lived there for about a year. My boyfriend at the time was a Dutch guy and he bought me a bike as my first introduction to living in his country. I found myself fascinated with my new city. I was so excited to explore it. So I was already into photography, but I wasn't doing it really professionally at the time. He eventually, you know, encouraged me to take more pictures of my surroundings and everything. And so I, I got into that. I also kind of would go to cafes and do some writing. I was more on the writing side of things back then. I just was writing a list of names one time. And I thought, I want to start a website. I want to, I want to have a blog at least of sort of to share my photos and my insights about living here. And so I, I made a list of, I think I even still have the list actually, of potential names for this website. You know, I, I came up with Falling Off Bicycles and I thought, well, that's kind of silly, but you know, something just, I, I just liked it. And so contrary to what most people think, it wasn't born of me falling off a bicycle. It actually <laughs> came from me just taking these photographs, enjoying my new city, participating in this new culture, especially me loving this metaphor of when you fall off a bicycle, you have to get on, get back mm -hmm. on to keep moving. And um, eventually I found a, a book by, I forget the, the name of the author, but it's called Einstein and the Art of Mindful Cycling. Anyway, it's this sort of convergence of ideas around mindfulness and moving forward in life. I like that. I always thought that it was truly because you fell off a bike. <laughs> like maybe you hit your head and were like, oh, I should be a photographer. Surprisingly, <laughs> I've only fallen off a couple of times, knock on wood, but... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, especially in Amsterdam, I've only been there a couple of times on vacation and they are aggressive on those bikes. Like I'd be terrified yeah. to fall off. Yeah, there. they really are there. Well, actually, it's been a really interesting lesson for me to because I still go there quite often. Well, first of all, they learn 
cycling and sort of the rules of the road at school at a young age, the Dutch do, what I really learned to appreciate about it was that they were essentially learning to take up space and to use their body as this way of I mean, obviously getting around. It's true. Like they are super serious about their biking, like Americans are with their cars, you know, like that yeah. is their form of transportation and they take it very serious. I noticed yeah, that right do. away. Yeah. And since you didn't fall off a bike and hit your head and decide to become a photographer, <laughs> why did you choose photography? Is it just because I know you've lived all over the place and like you just started randomly taking pictures and you thought, oh, I like this. Like, why not another form of creativity? I know you were writing to, I guess, having a blog, the two just kind of go together. Well, actually, um, it, it first started, I, I think it probably started much further back in my youth, but um, when I first moved to Paris back in 2006, I, I was taking pictures constantly because, of course, it's Paris, beautiful. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was here for a, an internship, and then eventually I applied for an MBA program and was doing that. And so in my spare time, I would I would just wander around. It still remains one of my favorite things to do here. And so I would just take pictures of all these things, and, and back then there were do you remember snapfish? Yeah, I remember snapfish. <laughs> it probably still exists. I don't even it does, know. It yeah. My mom orders all her photos off of there. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so good old snapfish. Um, I, I used that to share my photos with people back home to share. Because this, of course, is pre-Instagram. Yeah. Near, like kind of around the beginning of Facebook. So we were still in a world of not constantly sharing everything. So it was a way for me to share my photography with friends and family so they could feel a little bit part of my life and help me not feel so far away. So then people just gave me really positive feedback about it. That's so sweet. So those were like kind of a way to connect with everyone back home while you were traveling. And then it turned into a full-time job. Exactly. Yeah. I eventually started selling. I I put up an Etsy site, but I really was focusing more on shops in my hometown of Kansas City. So I would, you know, have worked with some different organizations there and, and decorated some spaces for them. So they have their little window into European life because I've also done a lot of photography of Amsterdam and, and other places around France. Oh, that's so cool. So it, it just kind of all came together for you in a way. And I'm I'm curious because you travel a lot as a solo female, like you're always traveling. And mm -hmm. do you have any advice for women who are maybe a little nervous to travel alone or feel like, oh, it's not safe? Even in Europe, I feel like Europe is relatively safe. But do you have advice for women who are maybe feeling a little nervous to travel alone? This is such an important question. And I think that unfortunately, Instagram has it kind of perpetuates the idea that that women can can go places freely and and in a sort of carefree way but that's still unfortunately not the case you know i think the buddy system whether the person is physically there with you or not is really important and you know just logical things like sharing your your itinerary with people in a way the 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 oversharing of culture today is, is really helpful because you can know where people are. I think it's important to, to find the balance of where you're comfortable knowing the culture and investigating the culture, especially if it's very different from your own, before you go so that you're not walking into a, 
a situation that could be potentially dangerous. But it's a, I so highly recommend solo travel to not just women, but but also men. A completely different person than I was before I started traveling alone. I mean, gosh, before I studied abroad in college, my friends and family thought, oh, she could never possibly, you know, study abroad. And that was with, I lived with someone when I was doing that. But, it, you know, it's, now I'm like, where can I go next? <laughs> with or without someone, you know, I'm always ready to go. So I. So you would say traveling once you do it alone, like at first, maybe it's a little scary, but then you get used to it and you enjoy it in a way. Absolutely. I, I think perhaps it's not for everybody, but I think the world is becoming and, and certainly feeling more and more accessible to people. And, and that's a good thing. And not to be afraid of it, but just to be aware of your surroundings and certainly of the culture and the cultural expectations of places yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, I feel the same like obviously Instagram and all that has opened the world to many people travel and low prices for flights I mean you can Mm -hmm. fly pretty you can fly to Europe cheaper than around America right now I mean it's crazy so um I totally agree like man or woman try I think it's a different experience when you travel um and I'm curious, because of all your travel, has it changed the way that you shoot photos and see the world? Do you think that all that travel has changed your kind of the way you create? It absolutely has changed the way I see the world. I don't know so much if it's changed the way I travel, but I mean, my worldview is is massively different than it was five years ago and 10 years ago and beyond. I... Um, I'm also really interested in language. So I, I do speak French and I speak, but I certainly understand more than I speak um, Dutch and Italian. And just, I think the most interesting part about exposing yourself to other cultures and especially to their languages is to sort of understand their priorities and how they see the world. Mm-hmm. And so that that helps inform you about your surroundings when you're when you're a visitor. Yeah, definitely. When you can see the world through other people's eyes and especially learning a language helps you because language changes the way our brain works. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I'm terrible at language. <laughs> I learned French because I live in France, but <laughs> I'm trying to learn Italian because I'm marrying an Italian man. And it's, <laughs> total joke but uh that's That's cool some people with the other yeah (laughs) I mean I yeah it's a work in progress for sure and I'm curious why do you choose to shoot landscapes over people I know as a photographer (laughs) myself like there's two different types of photographers usually you really like shooting landscapes or you really like shooting people and why did you choose landscapes you know I I don't even really know other than it's just what I'm more attracted to what I'm more interested in you know when I look through photography books it's not like I don't see photography that I'm really interested in with people in it I there are certainly plenty of photographers who have mastered that and and I like that photography when I shoot people now I get too caught up in what they're wearing and their hairstyles and oh that's going to look dated in five years 20 years I think that I'm just attracted to the the timelessness of people free images 
Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're more kind of have like that stylist mindset where you're like perfecting the image. And with people, it's kind of hard to do that because clothing and hair and everything yeah. changes so quickly. So you like the idea of this photo lasting forever and being meaningful forever in a way. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I've, like I said, I've never really thought about it consciously, but it just, you know, I love storefronts. I love facades. I, Paris is like a playground for beautiful storefronts and really interesting ones too that you know the varying colors and everything so I'm I don't know it's just kind of what draws me the most yeah yeah there's totally two different types of photographers and it's true we're usually the people that shoot people or the people that choose no people in the image and mm-hmm. I'm always curious what I mean a lot of times it has to do with being like an introvert or an extrovert but that's not always the case either so I'm, I'm always curious about that that would uh, be interesting to know more about because yeah. I would consider myself an extreme introvert. And yet, yeah, I don't know. Also, I find another, I will say this, French people, since I do the majority of my photography here, if I'm just out shooting in the street, French people tend to get very uncomfortable. And I, I don't blame them for this. I'm, I would be the same way. When a, when a camera is pointed toward them, you know, unless they're paying you to shoot, then I think that they're very suspicious of you. And there's a very, there's some strict laws about shooting people. In fact, I, early on in my photography days here, I was outside shooting a bicycle, of course, in front of a cafe. A man inside the cafe came running out, waving his hands. No, 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 you can't take a picture here. He said to me, you don't, you don't have the right. <laughs> the famous French yeah we never have the right to do thing. anything yeah <laughs> he said you know you keep the, the bike has rights and I said the bike doesn't have any rights I don't think but okay I'll just move on my way <laughs> the bike has rights as well oh that's so funny and that was a big difference I saw when I moved there too is like in America you can shoot people and it's art you know like but mm-hmm. if you shoot French people without their consent, you're going to have a big issue. You can't just go around shooting people in France, which is good for visitors to know as well. They, You're not allowed to just take pictures of random people and sell that. Right. Yeah. That's really important to know because I know a, a few people who have gotten caught up in the wrong Legal. side of that. Yeah. 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 I definitely think that um, French people are less of a fan of having their picture taken in general. I can tell you that from being a portrait photographer. <laughs> <laughs> as Americans, we're trained to just smile and be super happy for photos and French people are giving you their emotions at that moment and it Mm -hmm. might not be happy. (laughs) Big difference. Good idea to shoot buildings. (laughs) Safer. (laughs) Safer. They don't have to smile. (laughs) And I'm, I'm curious what resources have helped you along your journey of say someone's getting into photography. Do you have any advice for them about like websites that helped you? Um, people that helped you? Any advice for those wanting to get into it? My resources are actually not specific so much to photographers. I am extremely interested in the creative process uh, of anybody. I really am most interested probably in the creative process for musicians, although I'm not a musician myself. I love seeing the backstories of how albums were created and and where the ideas came from, and then all, everything from creating the music to c- 
creating the the album art. Over the years, I I found a couple of books that I found really useful for so-called creative people, although I think that they could be useful for, for really anybody. Have you ever read The Artist's Way? I have not. I've heard of it. So that was a big help for you. It, yeah, it has been a really big help. And it's a it's a great sort of reference book to go back to. And, and for example, one of the things that it suggests is that you take yourself on date, like creative dates. And so it's just meant to be you and you create whatever the date is. I realized, because I had been doing this for a long time, when I eventually read the book, that I had been taking myself on these dates for a long time where I would just go outside with my camera and just see what I would see or I would only take one lens for example so I could only I could only take a certain kind of shot I found that really useful and another book that I found super interesting and helpful was The War of Art so it's a play on the the title of The Art of War that's cool by Stephen Pressfield and his is really his advice is basically if you feel this burning desire to to bring this creative idea to the world don't let anything stop you and I like that I was so actually I was so moved by that book that I emailed him and he emailed me back within like 2 hours That's so cool Yeah so I so I think that that's the most important thing like you can find all these different resources free trainings and everything for for how to photograph, but I think what most people seem to be needing help with is that they need to feel like what they're doing is important and yeah. to get over the hump of this isn't just, oh, I'm just wandering around and taking pictures and it's not a useful, it's not a, it's not a good use of my time. It can be really important work and it can be, it can lead you to, you know, something extraordinary or your best image ever. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's why a lot of people shy away from creativity because they think, oh, this is a waste of time. I, I don't need to be scrapbooking when I could be like out making money, you know? Right, right. So it's, I think it's, that's really interesting with what this quarantine is kind of pushing yes. us to, to notice as well. For sure. Slowing down and, and doing these things that we we are drawn to do, but we convince ourselves that it's not a good use of time. That's actually really important. And why do you think people are that way? I guess because we value, you know, being able to measure things and, you know, wages and salary and all that and art is subjective. So we're not able to really measure that in a like scientific way. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a a good point. To be honest, I've, I've wondered that for years. Why is that person's job more highly valued than than that person's creative job and unfortunately we've got this perpetuated idea of the struggling artist i've actually heard you know i've heard parents say that about their their artistic children you get that programming in and it's it's really hard to to shift out of that yeah yeah i think that as adults I, and I was like, I'm going to misquote this, but there was a quote I really liked is like creative people or like the inner child that survived, you know, like, cause I think as children, we're all playful and, you know, exploring. Cause that's, that's all we are allowed to do. We're not allowed to like work or get out or yeah. be in charge of ourselves. So it's very curious how that ends, you know, and like, 
it's I, I would like to see more people exploring that and coming back to that because I think you and I both know how important that is. And uh, especially we're lucky enough to make money doing it, but it's not just about money. It's about, you know, feeling better, feeling good, connecting mm-hmm. with yourself. So, mm-hmm. and I'm curious, what are some of the obstacles you've encountered from your work? First of all, there's a, there's a little bit of a saturation of, of the market. Yeah, <laughs> in, definitely. In Paris photography. So there's that. But for me personally, I think more than anything, it's my own self-doubt. It's my own self-imposed obstacles that are the most troublesome for me at times. And that's why I think it helps to, to be surrounded by other creative people that can keep you motivated and honest about what you're doing and why you're doing it instead of letting these external factors and people get in your head and take up too much space yeah for sure it's so easy to to be you know afraid that you're not good enough or that you're Mm -hmm. wasting your time and like you said in Paris the market is way oversaturated there's a million of us photographers myself included (laughs) and uh, how do you take measures to kind of set yourself apart from the crowd like how do you kind of try to combat that you know for a long time I was I was doing other things as well. I've been a translator. I've been a copywriter. I still do some copywriting and proofreading. I've edited a couple of books. So I have, you know, some side work as well for slower seasons and and everything. But in the last couple of years, I've been doing more and more work with different tourism offices around France and elsewhere to help spread the word about travel in in France by bike. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. And so that's kind of bringing up a whole new area of creativity for me. And I, I get to do what I love. I get to travel. Of course, I love the bicycle aspect of it. So basically diversify. Yes. That's a good, that's good. As you're doing with your podcast. Yes, we are diversifying. You don't have to stick to one form of creativity. People do all the things. That's okay too. (laughs) No, and I, that was a really good piece of advice that I got a few years ago. I, I went to a seminar about book writing and they said that kind of don't put all your eggs in one basket. Basically, I thought it was really good advice because somebody had asked the question about, do I get a domain name? That's my name. Or do I get a domain name that's my company's name? The advice from the people running the seminar was to to put your whole brand under your own name so that you can do all the various things that interest you within that and not feel like, okay, I'm just following up bicycles. I'm just photography of whatever. I've thought about that many times since that finally people are allowed to be multifaceted, which we've always been. Yeah. You're not stuck in one box. And I think, especially in today's world with the internet and people changing jobs so often, and we're, we're changed all the time. And I think we've definitely come across that in our own careers, you know, like, do I still want to do this kind of photography? Do I want to write what I mean, we have choices. And I think that's great advice to not trap yourself under one brand. You are your brand. Yes, exactly. And and I think that social media has helped with that, that people didn't necessarily need to be taught that lesson per se, that they were 
that's just become obvious. That the norm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good news for all of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what are some uh, future projects you're excited about? I know you're starting to work more with the, the biking tourism in France. I know you've written a book. You're part of a book. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So back in 2014, I was part of a group called the Paris Women of Success. 22 of us got together and and wrote a book called My Paris Story, um, Living, Loving, and Leaping in the City of Light. So we published back then. Each of us has a chapter where we share sort of what brought us to Paris and why we love Paris. That was a, a great project to be part of because, first of all, the women in that group are so inspiring and each doing their own projects um, and just so supportive of each other, which was, there, uh, frankly, there aren't very many groups like that in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a very Anglophone or American thing to do um, to have that kind of group. But I think there are more and more of those around. Um, you were part of that group, weren't you? Yeah, I was. That was yeah. when I first arrived to Paris too. I joined and oh, okay. I couldn't agree more. It really was helpful to be around women who were trying to help each other, you know, because yeah. a lot of times women can be kind of catty. Yeah. It's like you're doing yeah. the same thing as me. Mm-hmm. But that group, I never felt that way. I felt never. like we were all learning from each other. And I, I feel like that's something that can be very useful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was, unfortunately, as you know, Don, the leader has, has moved back, but but that is so important to have that support group. And, um, but yeah, beyond that, I, I'm working more and more around bike projects. Um, some of them are kind of in the work, so I can't talk too much about them. But um, I, I do have a couple of different book ideas that I, um, like one of them is, is photography related and the other is not at all. And it's fun to try to I actually had put one of them aside for the last five years and just recently I've sort of started to think you know I still want that book I I, I conceived the idea because I want the book myself yeah <laughs> and I think probably as a lot of people do and it still doesn't exist so I think I, that's a big sign you better get to work yeah yeah, but it it really would take me in a completely different direction that I'm than I already am going. So it's it's one of those things where you gotta prioritize and Yeah, for sure. I think that if it's still like five years later talking to you, it's time to jump in on that. And where can listeners find you online to look at your beautiful photographs, to follow your biking journey and your writing journey? <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram, uh falling off bicycles. And my website is fallingoffbicycles.com. And Twitter and Pinterest are falling off bikes. Bicycles was too long. (laughs) So, And you can also get my book or our book on my website. Great. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Julia. And I was so excited to see your future projects. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to La Vie Creative. You can find more information on MissParisPhoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.